Today I'm joined by Pastor Jared Cagle and Pastor Marcus Donaldson. Uh, we are continuing talking about our series called The Greatest Sermon of All Time. Um, not necessarily because Jared's sermon this past Sunday was the best, but, Definitely um, not. <laughs> but because we're talking about the greatest sermon ever preached by the greatest person who ever lived, which was Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. And this week... Um, we, we touched on a very touchy subject. Um, the, the title for this one was lust. Um, touchy. So we're going to have to another, put another, uh, PG 13 label <laughs> on this one. So, um, yeah, Jared, why don't you take us into a quick recap? Yeah, I will. I will. But I first have to just point out that I was like confused whether or not you actually recorded that intro or if it was live. Like I had to double take. I'm in the studio with you. <laughs> And I had to double take to make sure that you're actually live because that was so perfect. Oh my gosh. And I was I was just flowing down the trout stream with you <laughs> as you took me there with not only your voice, but your smooth script like uh delivery that oh, you didn't even man. script out. So just mm. grateful to be a part of this with professionals. It's au natural. Yeah. And uh lust, lustful intent, adultery. Um, Jesus said, I know you've heard it said in the law, uh, that in the seventh commandment, that do not commit adultery. And I say to you, but I say to you emphatically, um, authoritatively, anyone who, who uh, looks after another with lustful intent has already committed adultery in his heart. Um, Jesus opens it up uh, and, and, and leaves no room for us to escape yeah. <laughs> this sin um, of lustful intent. And, and so there's so much to dive in and unpack with that. But I know for me, I was challenged all week by the fact that it's about the heart. The heart of the matter is the heart of the matter. Is that the quote? Is, a, is, is the matter of the heart. Yeah. The heart oh, of the I might have messed that up. The matter of the heart. <laughs> you, you did I preach it wrong? <laughs> you repeated it like three or four times in your message. And did it wrong? I think you just said the heart of the matter is the heart of the matter. <laughs> <laughs> Which gets the point across still, but so you said the did you get that from somebody? By the way, I'm looking at Marcus for yeah. all of you that can't see. It's it's not attributed to one person, but it's a like common proverb. The heart of the matter is a matter of, of the heart. The heart. <laughs> That's hilarious. I emphasized that three times in my sermon and got it wrong every time. Okay, it was great. Well. At the end of the day, that's the point. Uh, I mean, Jesus is making that broader point that yeah. it's not about the external. It's not about your actions. Righteousness is not achieved or attained outwardly. It's uh, substituted and, and received internally. And so now we are living as an overflow of that. So uh, it's it's the inward um, attitudes. It's the inward. It's, it's the matter of the heart that we're dealing with here. This is all a matter of the heart. And so we can't really escape that. When, when Jesus is speaking about our intentions, it's not, I mean, they were clearly teaching in, in, in this time. When Jesus is teaching to them, he is directly opposing the teaching of the day that as long as they were not acting on the thoughts or the intentions yeah. of their heart, then they could remain righteous, they could yep. remain pure. And Jesus is saying, no, that you're missing it entirely. You actually need to be transformed from the heart, uh, and and it's only by me and my grace through faith that that can be possible. So, um, what a challenge, you know. There's yeah. nowhere to, to run from that. 
Yeah, Marcus. So this is following up from your your anger message where you're talking about how anger begins in the heart. And now we're talking about how lust also begins in the heart. Um, what were some of your thoughts like coming out of your message that you preached? The heart of the matter is the matter of the heart. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, no, I, I mean, we need to guard our heart, right? The scribes and the Pharisees and uh, by way of their teaching taught God's people to um, to worry about the external, what man conceived, but we're reminded constantly um, that God sees the heart, and that's what he's concerned with before our external actions, mm-hmm. right? They, they were trying to be, uh, trying to become righteous from the outside, but God wants us to become righteous. Uh, well, he makes us righteous on the mm-hmm. inside, and then that carries into yeah. our external actions. So I think as often as we can remember that, the better off we'll be in, in our, um, in our lives and ministries as we try to glorify the Lord in all that we do. And it's easy for it to get distorted, right? It's like, especially with anger and lust, right? These aren't two small things, but when you, you have social media, you'll, you'll see it when you have, or when you watch TV, you'll see it in, in the more you're exposed to these different, um, triggers or temptations or whatever it is the easier it's going to be to fall into Mm -hmm. right so you know if you want to keep your tv you want to keep your social media i'm not telling you to go sell it all and live out in the middle of the woods where you you know not telling you to be isolated but i am telling you that if you're going to engage with all those things um you need to stay in the word and in prayer you need to guard your heart Mm -hmm. it's good yeah, I think the the temptation that is really easy for us to fall into with the with these types of passages is to treat it as um, you know we need to do these things and we need to be so pure and we need to be without anger in order to earn that approval and we need to keep reminding ourselves that even with the beatitudes and and, and even now like these are characteristics and practices of the the kingdom citizens and we are. Um, to follow from Jesus' example that he sets for us and allow his transformation to to change us first and then go from there. Um, and, you know, it's, I mean, when you read a passage like this, like, you know, not only with um, any anyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart, but following from that, you know, if your eye or hand or whatever limb causes you to sin, you're to cut it off and throw it away rather than be... Um, um, burned in hell. And like you said on Sunday, like this was hyperbole, but at the same time, like we can look at that and say like the one who, who then can be saved if that, and yep. if that's the perspective we have coming into this, then we have the wrong perspective, but we need to treat it as these are practices of kingdom citizens first. And that, but he's also telling us it's, it's a matter of the heart that we need to guard and, we can't just escape by just keeping the letter of the law of by saying, Oh, I haven't murdered anyone. So I'm good. Or haven't committed adultery with anyone. So I'm good. Um, so yeah, I think it's a good reminder for us to start with, with that as well of like, these are, these are practices and attitudes of kingdom citizens. Um, it's good. Yeah. I think, um, one of the things that, that leads me to is, and I was struggling with how to deliver this on Sunday because 
you know, the safeguards, Marcus talked about guarding the heart, you know, you're, you're helping us get through the rest of the text, which I didn't even recap because I just decided to recap the first two verses. That's a miss on me, but no, you know, great. I'm, I'm the rookie here. You're the professional. I'm just trying to ride down the stream in my tube, <laughs> but <clears throat> we're talking about this, the safeguards of the heart. And Jesus is making it very clear, hey, you need to take this seriously, so serious that you you might have to cut off your strong hand, your strong eye, get rid of... Are you left-handed? Scary movie, too. <laughs> oh, man! Grab my strong hand. <laughs> I can't believe you just did that. That's amazing. That's awesome. Uh, PG-13, remember. remember. Yeah. That yeah. might have been rated R, I don't know. Yeah, yeah probably yeah, it was. BC, for sure. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so yeah, we're you know we're we're talking about this this hyperbolic or this hyper Jesus is using hyperbole so that we can open our eyes to the severity and the the significance of the the consequence of this sin and of of these of lustful intent in this this disease of the heart um, and and what we're when we think about all the safeguards now even like. Uh, on your phone, you know, an app that could that could keep you from um, looking at certain things on your phone, or, or whatever the safeguard may be that we put into place. We're not saying when we when we make it about like when we focus entirely on the heart, and we say, "Hey, Jesus is using hyperbole about cutting off things." We're not saying stop defending and stop guarding your mind and yourself against yeah. all these things. The reality is. The mind is the most powerful place. Think about this for a second. The human mind is the most powerful place in the world. And it's also the most sensitive. Mm-hmm. The most sensitive to be ruined. You know, yeah. the most sensitive to be built. The most sensitive to be worked out and exercised. And all these things. God did this for a reason, especially when we're young and we're still developing our mind. It's extra sensitive. Mm-hmm. And so we are to guard it. We are to be very careful to defend that. But at the same time, we also understand that no amount of external remedy is going to fix the internal problem. Um, there's there's no there's no way for us to put a bandaid on this bullet wound or this cancer that's eating us from the inside. You think about um, the war in Iraq or Iraq, 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 <laughs> whatever you say when you're a southern, you're a southerner. We went in there and we invaded the headquarters, and they had pornography in Saddam Hussein's headquarters, mm-hmm. like the yeah. place where they couldn't see anything but women's eyes. Yep. All the men of honor, of valor, of in that country were looking at pornography in the headquarters. Of course, because we're the heart is desperately wicked above all things. Like yep. we, this is not a matter of safeguard your eyes and everything will be fine. That's a piece of it. But it's much deeper than that. Mm-hmm. When an engineer wants to cut a, a road in a mountain, they just find dynamite to blow it up. They just they just find a, a tool to dig a tunnel through it. Like we're the same way when it comes to getting around safeguards and making it through whatever obstacle we have if our heart is leading us in that way. Yeah. And so we have to deal with the heart of the matter because it's a matter of the heart. There it is. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I, I think that the temptation is to hear this sermon and almost uh, immediately think it's just for men. I think statistically, the 
the numbers don't prove that um, mm-hmm. increasingly, right? And I think that it's been around for a while, but I think we immediately go to like the explicit extreme. Um, but women, right, have been saying, oh, this person is so hot, you know, they have the best abs or like, like this is all the same thing. It may not be as, you know, as, um, as uh, destructive or mm-hmm. uh, destructive isn't necessarily a good word, but it may not be as provocative as um, pornography, but it's still lust, right? So, yeah. so I think that the I think that the temptation is to think that it's only men mm-hmm. who stare women down, who objectify them, who you know. Right, but women have um, the the same or the shared responsibility to guard their hearts as well, because it's something that they can easily fall into as well. Hmm. So, yeah, I think what we keep saying is it's it's a heart matter, so we need yeah, to guard it. And, I, and and just to maybe advance that a little bit further, I would say that we need to. Um, that's why we need the church so much, right? The accountability and support that we get from our brothers and sisters, um, we can't do it alone. Hmm. When we stop going, when we stop meaningfully um, contributing or seeking that accountability and support, right? When we don't share what's going on in our lives, we really jeopardize the one place um, in in the world where we should have uh, physical accountability and support. Like, I can come to you or you can come yeah. to me and be like, hey, this is what's going on. This is what I'm struggling with. That person can pray for you, pray for you, share some wisdom with you, or even just listen to you, right? Because if it's mentionable, it's manageable. So mm. if I'm sitting there holding it in, I, I don't. It's hard for me to move forward. Sorry, will you say that quote one more time? If it's mentionable, it's manageable. Mm. Ooh, that's really good. Sorry, I had to redeem myself because I keep misquoting Marcus, but I got it right <laughs> that time. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm just flipping here to, I mean, James chapter 5, verse 16. It's like, therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it's working. You know, and this just, you know, talks about the the value of, like, bearing each other's burdens. And, and, and we're not saying, you know, your next small group meeting, you know, you confess your deepest, darkest sins to everybody in the room. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> but those small groups exist for you to build relationships with, with maybe one or two people that you can confess that to, because I think the the damage with with something like lust or adultery or like this this type of sin is it's hidden and it and it damages the, the you personally more than anything. Yeah, you know, people say it's it's a it's a victimless sin. Um, you know, there are victims in in pornography use, and and there are you know act like physical victims, but the most damage is done to the the person. Um, I think it says somewhere in First Corinthians six, like we are bought with a price, we are Christ's, and and when we you know subject our body back to the yoke of slavery uh, to sexual sin and lust, like we are just devaluing ourselves entirely based on that. And we are taking the price that God paid and just stomping it in the ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's why we need each other to build each other up, call, calling each other higher, um, because the, the, the temptation is, like, when we fall into these sins, is, is to run to shame. You know, we, we feel forced to into that, that shame because, like, we feel like we should feel bad about this rather than looking at the, the price that God paid for us. 
Um, and we, we have people to hold us accountable to that and, and to call us higher out of it too. It's good. Yeah, this is a, I mean, this is a hard, a hard one in the sense that it, the New Testament especially is very, very clear on, like the text, I re- the scripture I read from 1 Thessalonians 5, this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality. That this is the I could find my notes. Sorry, um, Marcus has taught me better than this. Surely, oh, it's First Thessalonians four, verse three. For this is the will of God, your sanctification. Colon. Right. So, like, he's defining your sanctification in this context as that you abstain from sexual immorality. I think that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. That. And, and we see, you just mentioned another one, you know, talking about glorifying God with your body, where Paul's addressing this. And then elsewhere, he's, your body's a temple of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Offer your uh, bodies as a living sacrifice. No, offer yeah. your life as a living sacrifice or your body. I can't remember. Body, that would probably be a different thing. But the point is, this this broader narrative here is very clear, like... I'm not trying to elevate one sin over another, but at the same time, I do think that there's emphasis on purpose, that we are to pay close attention to the sin against the body. Uh, what this sexual immorality is a devastating um, is a devastating sin and a, and a sinful pattern that can play out in so many different ways and can be so subtle to where you have no concept of... I was sitting with a friend yesterday, from e- he's from Egypt, born in Egypt, mm. and um, I, one day I want to get him to come preach, because his story is unbelievable. But he yeah. was sharing his story again about how his... Uh, his well, it's his whole story, but his dad was a Coptic Orthodox priest. And he would go in, and, and every Sunday he's delivering the Word of God to the people... No one could ha- no one had a Bible. They came to hear this is, you know, Coptic Orthodox. Like they come to hear from the priest, the man of God will deliver the word of God to the people. And there's this huge divide. And and everybody, when he would walk down the aisle, uh, Michelle, my friend, describes how people would try to get just touch his garment, like just touch a little bit of, of the holy one, you know, in the room. And legitimately he's describing we would go home and he would beat my mom and he would be drunk at night and he would he's living this entirely different life at home than he is in front because there's this external modification system for modification that's at work that's so strong and he legitimately Michelle was saved because one night his dad was so drunk that his mom took all six of the kids across the road to an evangelistic evangelical church and they had a, a missionary from Texas there preaching that night out of nowhere, mm-hmm. and they he presented the gospel, and, and the whole family was saved. Wow. And then they started reading their Bible underneath the surface. They, they're not showing their dad because if, if the town knew that the Coptic Orthodox priest family had converted in, in, you know, in this, it's like... So I just think about this, the constructs, and we don't have as much context... You know, here because it's a little bit different, but honestly, it's similar things at play, and it's just more confusing <laughs> in our context yeah. than the story I just described. Yeah. But when we when we depend on external constructs, uh, and we live a double life, 
and we hide that double life, and we we act like we're righteous on the surface when really we've got this. Our life is falling apart underneath. Um, we can't we we can't expect anything but destruction from that, you know. And I think the Bible is very clear about the sin against the body, uh, these sins against the body, and, and how sexual immorality is is such a destructive force, uh, and it's to be taken taken very seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just yeah, I go back to what you were saying on Sunday about um, John chapter eight with the the with the woman caught in adultery, and you know when when we are you know, just abiding by, you know, ex- the, the external letter of the law, like, like those Pharisees were, mm-hmm. like it leads us to, to comparison and it leads us to condemnation. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, you know, we see that, you know, in ourselves, oh, we're, we're okay, but we're going to pick out the, those flaws and others and those that are really, you know, in, in it. And like those that have been caught in adultery, like they're going to, they're ready to stone them. Yeah. And, but when we are faced with the, the, the true, you know, lustful intent that is in our hearts, and when we are faced with the reality that our hearts are are desperately wicked, like there, I mean, we we you know sometimes we fall into shame, but like more like with the transformation of Jesus, we are we are running to Him instead, and we are running to His power, and we are running to His um, authority, so that we can be changed. Um, but it, like if we just abide by that, it just it leads us to to comparison, and it leads us to condemnation of others. Yeah. So, good word. Um, good yeah, word, so. Trout Stream. You're doing great, man. <laughs> I'm so honored to be a part of this today. Yeah. So um, you talked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to gather my thoughts here. I love it, man. I'm in. I'm so in. I like messing up your thought gathering. It's really fun. <laughs> thought gathering. Um, <laughs> sorry, listeners. Um, yeah, Jared. So, uh, yeah. take us into the the next half of those verses. Um, mm-hmm. You know, tearing out your eye, tearing out, or yeah, tearing out those those limbs that are causing us to sin. Um, what did you find, like, in in your study of that? And yep. you know, what what should be our our takeaways with that? Today? All right. So, I just have one quote. We can dig deeper, but this quote. I read it on Sunday, but I'll reread it because it wrecked me. Yeah. D.A. Carson, uh, what then does Jesus mean if he's not calling us to hack off parts of our body? Just this, we are to deal drastically with sin. We must not pamper it. We must not flirt with it. We must not enjoy nibbling a little bit around the edges. Mm-hmm. We are to hate it, crush it, and dig it out. That That's that's an awesome explanation, in my opinion, of what Jesus is doing here. Yep. We must be stern and serious and consequential. Like we sh- we must take consequential action, strong action against what is bringing about great consequences on our soul currently and what will lead us to destruction eternally yeah. if if not forgiven um, in Christ. So mm-hmm. uh, he's leading us into a life of purity. And if it if it means cut off something very valuable to you in this life and suffering for a moment, so be it. Um, is the point here? You know, if if it means suffering for a little while to spend eternity with the Holy One um, in in paradise, then let it be. Um, and you know, I think I think that 
it's not something it would be really easy to say oh well Jesus is speaking in he's exaggerating you know he's right. he's overstating whatever and and he doesn't actually want us to cut out our eye um but the point we we would miss the point if we throw it out in that way because he is saying very much <clears throat> cut it off if you have to it's better to suffer now than to suffer then yeah yeah i would i would just say if we think about the the things that are causing us to sin, right? Let's, you know, whatever whatever that is. Is it worth cutting cutting it off? Like, right? Let's just say, I'm not talking about like my hand or anything else or gouging out my eye. But what I'm talking about, though, is, is like, what if it's the job? What if it's again social media? Good. What if it's the TV? What if it's what if it's these things that we find um, kind of pave the way? Like, are we actively pursuing uh, meaningful? Um, I don't want to say roadblocks, but like, are we meaningfully cutting it off? And is it worth cutting it off? Because it's like, if you're not going to sell your TV, you're definitely not going to cut off your arm. You're definitely not going to start taking sin seriously to the point that Jesus is saying that we should take it. But if you are, and you know, it's, there are uh, steps that are working some better than others, um, different seasons in life, then man, good for you. Um, and And I think that that's how, how seriously we should begin to, to consider what's going on in our hearts and, and how that's affecting our lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you said it on Sunday, Jared, of it's not to be taken literally, but considered strongly. Yeah. You know, and if purity is something <clears throat> that we are to pursue at all costs, you know, like what, you know, what in your life do you need to cut out? You know, I had and, to cut out social media. Yeah. You know, and yeah. like that, that in today's culture hurts, you know, not being able to connect with, with people. I mean, some people it's easier than others, but you know, on some levels like that, that is a pain that, that has to be taken. And, and by no means are we saying like, you know, are we trying to define what to cut out and what not? Um, social media is a relevant example right now, but like there is something yeah. for all of us to to root out because we are to put off the old self and to yep. put on the new self, and that means like there are things that we have to to abandon. We, there are things that we, you know, have cherished, and you know, when when you're talking about lustful intent, like passionately desired for, and if if we are to eliminate that passionate desire, like it has to be cut out intentionally and not yep. just we're not just going to fade away from it right right you know? it's like i'm not going to just navigate social media better like jared was saying i i trained my mind at a really young age like myspace was the oh was man the thing, yeah, bro. you know and and so <laughs> like yeah so <laughs> i had to relearn how to interact with these different things everything from social media to tv to to just attractive people right well women in my case but you know what i mean i had to retrain my brain not just to honor the lord but um ariel and the boys and also myself like it's yeah it's re renewing your mind right daily um and if that means, because, you know, all of my friends in the army in school, like I'm not where I grew up and I don't know most of the people that, or I don't have connection with most of the people that I served with and everything else. But if, if that means, if it means that I have to 
not be able to see every time it's somebody else's birthday or that one time I took a picture with them in middle school every year. It's like, like, well, that's all right. If it yeah. means that I, I don't have that, uh, the temptations that come with social media, right? Like TikTok, I don't know how, how adults have that, that it's freaking wildfire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got teenagers dancing. Yeah. You guys know. Stay away from TikTok. <laughs> I said something the other day about TikTok. I don't have it, thankfully, but um, it, the I said something about people dancing on there, and somebody was like, "Do you think it's just dances?" I'm like, "Yeah, pretty much." Is it not just dancing? Like, <laughs> um, anyway, apparently, is there more on there? Apparently, it's more than that. I don't know. Do you know what's on there? Yeah. What's that mean? I mean, there's like people post jokes, people post like talks oh, I that knew they that. do. Apparently, yeah. it's just everything. No, I, I knew it was like kind of general, but it was like mostly just people kind of dancing, trending, yeah, yeah. stuff like that. Like, and and not necessarily in a provocative way, but like, I haven't seen many dances that weren't provocative on there. Right. It's like some <laughs> of the stuff was funny. Most of it was like. Either they knew that I was a, a man, or they were like just shooting at the hip. Right, right. And the fir- the first response to this conversation is, okay, you know, legalistic conservatism, whatever. Man, it, it, like at some level, and this is you spoke to this Josh a minute ago. Like we're not advocating. Oh, well, it's a better word. We're not prescribing right. what to cut off. Yep. We're just teaching the truth of what Jesus said and saying, hey, we really need to consider this strongly. You need to prayerfully consider what are those hands or those eyes in your life that are causing you and are leading you. Ultimately, it's the cause is from the heart, yeah. but it's being affected by all of these external realities that are letting things into your heart. But here's the encouragement. Well, number one, like cut off what you need to cut off. Get serious about these things. We're not telling you what to cut off. We're telling you to be serious about cutting off what you need to cut off (laughs) with the Holy Spirit. But the encouragement, you were talking about renewing your mind daily. What a scripture, by the way. We just kind of gloss over that. That's a pretty wording, renew your mind, uh, being transformed by the renewal of your mind. Mm -hmm. Um, We, it takes a lot of intentionality and discipline for that to happen. It takes consistent intentionality and discipline, especially when your mind has been contorted and conditioned in a certain way for years and years and years. Yep. Here's the encouragement. It is possible. Yep. It is possible. And it happens from one degree to another. Yep. It doesn't happen. This is what I was saying on on Sunday. Holiness is not an experience. Holiness is not a one-time experience to be uh, expected, like we're supposed to come into church, somebody's supposed to lay their hands, and then instantly we are on a totally different trajectory, totally different path, totally different person. Sanctification is a day-in and day-out pursuit of, of holiness in Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's possible, but we have to, we have to take up arms and get in this battle in, in this fight for faith that Paul talks about in multiple places, this this good fight of faith, um, and and getting in getting in this intentional, consistent, disciplined lifestyle. Uh, don't write it off 
because you, you call it legalism. Don't write it off because you think it's too conservative. There's great freedom in this much intentionality and this yeah. much discipline. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and just to encourage us, like it is possible. I mean, it, eventually you're going to see, you're going to look back and you're going to say, wow, I'm a, I'm a different person today than I was then. Um, just two things. You you wouldn't play on a skyscraper with with no rails, right? You need some guardrails. You need some boundaries. And like Jared said, what, what we're saying is it, we're not trying to tell you what those boundaries are. We're just trying to tell you that you need some up there because yeah. uh, it's really Dang. dangerous. Discipline, it's it's a daily, daily thing. It's not legalism, and it's hard at the beginning. Like, it's hard not to go back to social media. It's hard not to go back to the TV or whatever it is that you're considering uh, changing. And we're not saying that it has to be, at least for me, like, you know, hopefully there's a day where I can get on social media again. But, you know, until until I feel like the Lord has allowed that day where I can navigate it without being uh, tempted and stuff, it's like, man, I'm just going to leave that alone. Mm -hmm. Better off without it. So discipline... It's it's difficult at the beginning, but the the Lord helps you out over time. So I would just stay the course. That's good. Well, we're we're winding down here, running out run out of time, I guess. But um, yeah, I, I would like to just you know end this podcast the same way we kind of ended it last week with um, just a call to um, you know to listen to the Holy Spirit. Like we talked last week about you know figuring out who those people in your life were that that you needed to reconcile with. Um, just like you said in your message, Marcus. And um, this week, you know, the, the call is, you know, listen to the Holy Spirit and, and, and find out what in your life needs to be cut out and then and then take action on it. Um, we can't just, you know, try to listen to God and then not do anything about it. But what needs to be cut out and then how can you get accountability to actually get that out of your life? Um, yeah, find your brother and sister in Christ and tell them what you need to cut out and tell them to keep you accountable. Yep, yep. That's good. Well, listener, thank you so much for joining us today. You can join us this Wednesday for our final small group of the school year. Um, We are going to be starting up summer prayer in June, uh, so stay tuned for that. Um, And then you can also join us on Sundays at 10 a.m. at City Church in Gainesville. Until next time. Thank you.